are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 58 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Barry Neal. And we are once again at the Raven. Um, and we have a new toy to play with because Barry got one for present. Yes. Yeah, so the I'm, Zoom I'm, H1. Very nice. Oh, sorry, the Zoom H1N, which is a redesigned one. Ooh, it's very fancy. So this might record, it might not, so we don't know how this is going to come through. Yes. Yeah, but it's useful. Everything is ticking over this now, so yeah, yeah. yeah we're happy. So this is a new, it's a new adventure. Yes. On what we'll record. <laughs> um, once again, the Raven. We're going to talk about movies as we always do. Barry, what are you drinking tonight? It is sparkling lemonade, <laughs> and it is most definitely sparkling. <laughs> and they added extra lemon for you. To they did. Extra I, get lemon two, I get two slices of lemon. <laughs> oh, so so, so exciting! Um, I am on India Pale Ale from Brewdog. Okay. Which is um, sort of there. There's a lot of pale ales already, so I'm not really sure. So it's not India. It's called Indie Pale Ale. Sorry, sorry. Indie as in like Indie yeah, band yeah. movie thing. Um, but, um, have you had it before? No, I haven't. I always thought it, it, if I go to Brewdog, I'll usually drink the same thing. I like yeah, the okay, red. Yeah. No, I'm actually moving no? on to Dead Pony Club. Dead oh, Pony Club, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm liking a lot more. There's also a red can that I've been told is really good. 5am scent. Yeah, yeah. Bit, bit stronger. A bit stronger? Yeah, maybe maybe you know, one or two, whereas the punk, yeah, not punk, the Dead Pony Club mm-hmm. is like 3.8%. Aye, it's pretty light. It's light, so you can drink it for a good chunk of the day and you're not feeling too drunk, whereas all one, you feel the drink in a minute, it's like, oof, that is going straight to my head. But no, this one is not the best, I would say. It's a wee bit, maybe a bit stronger, a bit kind of a weird aftertaste. Okay. It's, it looks a lot, it's only 4.2, it's a lot darker than what you'd expect 4.2 EB. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if it'd be a bit more hoppy than what you'd expect, but overall, okay, refreshing enough, but not the one I'd probably buy again from from, um, uh, from Brewdog. I'd stick to my Dead Pony Club or my um, Punky like, IP is always a good solid one to go with. Yeah, it's a yeah, go-to, go-to it. Yeah, you know, everyone back. has it. Yeah, exactly. So, as all of you discussed, all of you have seen this week, which we've seen quite a few. Some. Some of us. Some. Um, <laughs> thought you about any home viewings you've seen? Uh, not outside of what we're going to talk, talk about, about later. It. Okay. It's been a busy week. Busy week's enough for you. So. The only one I watched was one of the Sky movies called Rememory. This, um, is this a Robbie, Robin Williams? No, this no. Rememory is one about, um, it's Peter Dinklage, the guy from Game of Thrones, okay. and also Anton Yelchin, the guy, the Russian boy who died. He played, he played Chekhov in the new Star Trek. Then Green Room, he died. Oh, yeah, yeah. The car crashed into him. That's, oh, that's right. Aye, aye. The car reversed into him? Into him, yeah, something happened. It was his car or something like that? Yeah, apparently the fault in the car, so he found they suing the company. Anyway, yeah. um, this is the last film we did um, mm-hmm. called Be Memory. It's about a guy who, his brother's killed in a car crash. And he basically started struggling with that, but at the same time, there's technology made in the world where people can basically record their memories, kind of like a kind of black mirror esque, yeah, yeah. Um, and try and understand what they've seen in the past and try and see if they want, you know, what you know, they want to understand. Because the idea is like when you see a memory or what you remember a memory isn't necessarily a memory. You you sort of you'll you'll change it over time to maybe suit what you want to want it to be. And other people's ideas of what that memory as they get introduced into your. F- thought as well. Exactly, yeah. so then this idea is like the idea yeah. is that the memory is stored somewhere in the brain that is the, the uncorrupted version of it and if you can find a way to tap into it you can see it. Um, quite interesting sci-fi idea that unfortunately the film was pretty dull uh, rather slow, very unengaging um, I, I pretty much tuned out for a good half hour of it because I was, really? I was not buying into it at all and I like it, like, I liked it, I think he's an actor he's a great, yeah, yeah. I a great wee actor that's Condescending, um, he's a great actor. I think a fantastic yeah. actor. 
um, as is Anton Yelchin, I think the guy who should have maybe got onto other bigger, massive things, mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately life cut short. But again, fantastic actor. So, but yeah, just overall, he's really just never really bought into it. No. Yeah, it's a real shame. And I, I can see why it went. I get no real cinema release here. Yeah. And I think it went straight to DVD mostly, so I can kind of see why it did that. It just didn't have the same often zeal that a good sci-fi film can have. That's a shame. Bit a shame. Yeah, so we'll move on to other films we've seen. Uh, I think we'll have some we've both seen. Yep. The first one up is a Netflix original called Extinction, which I think may have been made by someone else other than Netflix and they've taken it on from what I saw, rather than being Netflix, Netflix making it from the very beginning. And I'm not 100% sure on that. It seems like they've, they've bought it somewhere. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, so the plot of the film is essentially the guy having um, sort of dreams of yes. sort of, uh, of an apocalyptic event happening yeah. to Earth. Yes. Yeah, maybe you seem to be aliens invading. Mm -hmm. um, everyone thinks he's a bit crazy. He thinks he's going crazy as well. Uh, but ultimately, that is what happens. Aliens do invade Earth. Yes. And it's him trying to keep his family alive with various twists and turns in that point as well. Yes. Yep. Uh, starring Michael Pen Pena, who is the guy having the dreams, who is in Ant-Man, who we'll talk about later on, but he's in it. Um, Lizzie Kaplan, who I like a lot, she's in Mean Girls. Yes. And also Cloverfield. Yes. And that as well. Yes. Um, you've Mike Coulter from Luke Cage, Mr. Luke Cage, yeah. he's in as well. And Emma Booth plays like the friend, the kind of blondie, good looking one, who's sort of like the, the prissy princess one. Yeah. She's in as well. She's a brilliant actress, very good. Great by a guy called Ben Young, who's an Aussie actor, actor uh, director, who did a film called Hounds of Love, but that's really the only thing of note he's done. Okay. Um, what do you think of it? With a, once again, another Netflix movie that's getting pushed right to the top of your devices. Yep, it yep, is yep. there, but it's very short the press, so, you yep. know, it's expected. I liked it for the most part, but it feels like an extended Black Mirror episode Absolutely, again. Absolutely, yes, yeah, it's you know a big I mean? thing I got from it, yeah, totally. It's, it's got that vibe about it, and it just it just needs a wee bit more, maybe, like, to take the script polish it up again and put it back out there. I think that's a problem with a lot of these Netflix films, they always seem, they mostly seem like a first pass at a script. Yeah. Like you could do a little bit more, like just added impetus. Like visually, it was there. Visually looked cool, yeah, I have no problem with the visuals at all. And, and it was perfect because it was all set around, most of it was set around like smaller sets, uh -huh. like the flats and then these workplaces, yep, etc. Yep. Um, but for the most part you were like, this is missing something. It's just missing a wee something. Yeah, and I think we talked about it last week with how it ends. This, again, this felt a bit like a pilot episode of a TV show. Yeah, yeah. You feel like it's going to get wet again in this and you'll go somewhere else, which essentially is what it does. It ends yeah, it in a way yeah. where you're going, right, well, what happens next? And you go, if this, this would be a, a TV show, you'd have another 20 episodes to discover what happens next. Yeah. But they've just put it out as a, as a, as a first time pass. And I can be out a lot of Netflix stuff. It seems a lot of Netflix stuff is just almost a first script and then they don't really do much development on it you know it's almost they're, they're so um, determined to make all these films that they've said they'll make like 18 movies over the next like 12 months that they're it's like, insane uh -huh, they're not really getting the, the quality there they're just they're putting everything into production yeah um, so it's a bit of a mongrel movie because there's a lot of good ideas in it yeah oh absolutely there's some really smart stuff in it you go that's really cool I like that idea like I said we can't it. we can't dive too deep into no, it no, which is a bit of a killer yeah because it will ruin it but what what was there was there was good ideas. There's bones or something there. And and I like the whole thing with the catch-opping and changing because that genuinely got me. Aye. I was a bit like, okay. Aye. Did not expect it. You want to see coming out? It was a decent, decent twist. Um, 
but it did, I thought the twist did kill the momentum of the film. Yeah. It was going in one direction, and you have this twist, and it sort of totally changes the, like, sort of the outlook of the film, which maybe it's the director's point of view, that's what you want to do. Yeah. For me, it just sort of like, lost energy at that point. Yep. Yep. Um, but as a sci-fi movie, I thought it was okay. Cast were all relatively solid. Uh, yeah, it was pretty valuable. Yeah, they were, it seemed to work as a family unit. Yep. I would put it say slightly better than your average Netflix movie. Yes. Like I think it was better than how it ends. Yes. Last week. Um, I thought I, I wasn't seen. I think if this was to get a sequel and they and this and they got someone and they really nailed down the script and all the rest yeah. of it, I think this would be a great recap franchise. Yeah, it could be a deal. You know, maybe like a three movie deal yeah, and done it. But I said not. I, I would go not movie with it. I would say if they went this with the more TV show aspect, make an eight episode arc TV oh, show. I, would, I think I would probably buy into it in a big way. Yeah, it probably actually work better because yeah. then they could build the momentum. They yeah. could like, you know, they could show you the different angles. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I think than the average Netflix release still does have a real made for video or made for DVD sort of I, to it. I didn't know how many they were pumping out in the next like year. A lot. A but lot. Personally, I would rather the. Scale it back a bit Agreed. and yeah. go more for quality over quantity because I feel like the now they're just flinging movies out and other things left, right, and center on the vain hope that one or two will become like um, almost like cult classics. Aye. You know what I mean? Well, I think I, Netflix, I think, I've got a fear right now that because other studios might suddenly take a start up their own streaming devices, like you know, like I think Fox are going to do it at some yeah, point, Disney's, Disney's doing it as well, Paramount are doing it as well, yeah. HBO. They've got something, oh, yeah, the, so, yeah. yeah. So, a lot of the content that they've got might suddenly start to come through and go, well, we're not going to give you our content for your Netflix, maybe you've got our own place to put it on. I know Disney's the doing first that, one. Yeah, doing that, so they've taken all the content off Netflix, although it's, I think most of it's off now, but ah. it will all be coming off eventually. And they were own thing, so Netflix are always, make sure you want to have enough content to on this. the subscribers. Yeah, subscribers, yeah, exactly, yeah, so make sure people are actually going to buy it. Kind of doing what Amazon are doing. Amazon are making sure they have enough content on us that people want to buy just for their own original content. I like the way that Amazon does it more with their TV shows yeah. where they have like a pilot season uh-huh, and yeah. they release a whole bunch of TV shows yeah. with like one episode. And I don't know if they go for what people have voted on or if it's uh, what the numbers are in terms Must of people watching, that, yeah. and then that's what ends up getting developed into an actual TV uh-huh. show. And it's perfect, it yeah. works. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think also, I prefer the Amazon route as well because Amazon puts its stuff out not only in terrestrial television sometimes, but it puts stuff in the cinema. Yes. Whereas Netflix has been very reluctant to do any of that. And yeah, yeah. What do you mean right now? Netflix has bought a couple of films recently. bought um, Mowgli, the um, Andy Serkis one, and also Animal Farm. I think it's also Andy Serkis. Yeah, Circus. I've seen that the day I bought Animal Farm. And they bought two of those for the distribution rights for that. So I'm even thinking, are they not going to get a cinema release? And those two films seem like cinematic films. Okay. But... Netflix might decide, like we've done with Annihilation a few, like a few months ago, they seem to say, no, we can put it, in, we can put it straight on the Netflix and that's what we're going to get. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, no, that, they, they, they just need to start branching out into like, a bigger cinematic model. Why not? Exactly. You know, you you've, got, you've got the weight, you've got uh-huh. the money, you've obviously got the, uh, the, the advertisement ability, you've got yeah. the eyes on your service. Totally. Why not? Ah, exactly. If, if you're watching anything else, just make sure there's a trailer for something else before it and you're, people are going to be watching that all the time. Yeah. Um, Back to extension, what yeah. do you think of it overall? Overall, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a solid six and a half out of ten. I is exactly what I've got as well. Six and a half, six oh, and a half out of ten, yeah. I thought it was slightly better than how it ends, but yes. still not better than some of the other stuff we've seen yeah. on Netflix and also just general watching. Yeah. It's solid enough. Because there's something there. Like there's definitely something there, yeah. If they 
if they looked at it and got a sequel out of it, I think they could. I think it could be something, you know. It definitely does. Like the idea, it's just a, the good idea is just it's it's a shotgun approach. Something yes. need a a little scope. Try and focus them on something. Um, but no, again six and a half as well. I think it's still, still enough work to watch, but not fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Second film, which I don't think you've seen, but it's uh, also on Netflix, it's called Tau. Yeah, T- I never had time for this one, but... T-A-U, it's a great by a guy called Federico D'Alessandro, um, who hasn't done much, but he's an art director of a lot of different stuff, like a lot of stuff you've known like, sort of in Hollywood, he's done all that. So, again, that's what I've given Netflix credit for, like giving guys who have been in the industry and look to make that step up to try and do something else. Yeah, yeah. Give them a chance to do something like that. So big much credit for, for that. They allow them to do that. They're not always just going with the name director. They're trying to fight people of, of note. They're giving guys a chance. Yeah. So you might find a gem somewhere. Um, the plot of this film is essentially that a young girl gets kidnapped by a man who is a doctor who's trying to basically investigate the human brain. There's something about how that makes her brain special and he wants to try and use it. It's that he's got a lock in basically a house that's very technologically advanced as a bit of a HAL system, like a sort of computer set, not too far in the future, with like a sort of computer that controls the whole house. Uh-huh. The girl can't escape because the computer system is always watching her, so she basically has to befriend the computer system in order to sort of make it understand what humanity is, in order to try and get it escape from the house. Okay. And from the, the guy who's trying to mess up. Yeah. Um, starring Mika Monroe, who you'll know from It Follows, and you've seen that from It Follows. Yeah, yeah. Also, Independence Day Resurgence, which We've all seen it, we don't want to remember seeing it. I haven't seen it. Don't ever watch it. It's, okay. it's, it's truly horrendous. Never, never ever watch Independence Day Resurgence. Okay. Uh, you get Ed Screen in it as well, who's a guy from Deadpool 1, the guy who makes Deadpool Deadpool. Ah, okay, yeah. English yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And also Gary Oldman plays the voice of the computer system. Ah, nice. Yeah, so, yeah, so and that's pretty much the whole cast. It's, it's a very tight, like, and it's all based in one house essentially. A wee bit outside how to set the plot up. After that, you're all in one location. Okay, so it's a bit like um, the last Cloverfield movie. Very much so, yeah. So it's all in the bunker. Yes, yeah, yeah. very much so, yeah. yeah. The problem with it, 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 it's trying to be sort of high concept sci-fi. Okay. And it doesn't really get its fundamentals right, and because of that it falls a little bit flat. Yeah. Um, but something like Ex Machina does it infinitely better. You know, yeah. it's right to heart, and it thinks. We said before, some films, some films think they're too smart for their own good. Mm-hmm. This film thinks they're a lot smarter than it actually is. Um, you know, um, it is a problem with the sci-fi genre. It's always like if you throw enough big words at it and just make it sort of gobbledygook to a great degree, yeah. then people go, all right, that's, that, that makes sense, that, that, that sounds real, that sounds like believable, that, that makes sense, you don't go with that. And you go, no, that just sounds like shit. It's kind of like you listen to the, the Matrix. Uh, yeah, the second one with yeah, the architect. Yeah, yeah. Not one word he says makes sense, and no. if, but if you can, if you bet enough bullshit, you'll go, well, he's very, very smart, and that yeah. makes sense. So, there's a bit of that in it. Um, it's pretty slow for the vast majority of it. Okay. Um, it's very sort of mulling along, there's not a lot of it stuff going on. A few moments of a sort of drama. Uh-huh. Um, but you don't really care enough about the girl. That's a problem. Yeah. And the film is centred around her, her friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you don't genuinely care, then that's a real problem. Oh, you can you have to go on like there's a, there's a point when she sort of you're not sure if she's if it's a Stockholm syndrome thing or if she's actually befriending this guy. You go like this guy, what, why are you making deal with this fucker? This guy's imprisoned you and you've seen him kill three other people. Yeah. So clearly you know where this is gonna end up. So any befriending you do is clearly flawed. Yes. Um, Almost better going for the like 
wait, wait for your right moment and then attack. Maybe, approach, that's, maybe, maybe that's, that's kind of what she's doing at some point, but it's just sort of it's a bit of a struggle to get through at times. Um, like Gary Oldman, like I love Gary Oldman. Yes, he's a fantastic Oscar winner. Doesn't have the void for a robot. No, no, just. Is it jarring because you know who it is? I think that could be it. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm trying to think of other examples of robots on screen with someone you know's voice. Scarlett Johansson in that film Her Which is a fantastic film I like that film but again it took me a good bit of that film that's not Scarlett Johansson to yeah. know the voice Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Howl's voice I don't I mean Howl might I can't remember how he does Howl's voice but it, it, it's robotic enough that you're, you're, you're away from it yep. um, but yeah I, I couldn't really detach from the fact that this is Gary Oldman for a lot of the time yeah. um, and also just the general idea of a computer system beginning humanity seemed kind of flawed because yeah. I'd like to think that we would never let it get to that stage where it yeah. could overpower us, even if it became self-aware. I'd like yeah. to think that someone would grab a bat and oh. then just go to town on it. Well, essentially, it is, it is, you have got a sort of mad scientist, Frankenstein thing here, because he, he is the inventor of this thing, and he sort of, it's, it's his own creation has got out of hand as well, and it's turned against him to a great extent yeah. you know, in, in the film. Um, but yeah, I just, I just never really engaged with it at all. Okay. Um, and, I think if you don't engage with it, then you're going to be really in trouble. Aye, especially with sci-fi. It's unfortunately a genre. It's you're right in or you're not. Aye. It's you either want to or you do not want yeah. it. Because there's a lot of sci-fi. Um, what was that last episode? Uh, sorry, last TV show they put out. Uh, Alt, uh, Altered Carbon. Yeah, you watched? I've not watched it. Yet, but you've watched it. Yet, I, I've watched maybe three episodes. And I still couldn't click with it. Like ah. I was really trying. Like. It was a slog getting through the first episode, but I thought, right, first episode, give it a try. I'll give it a try, keep going with it. Then, nah, I ended up giving up, but it's been paying for like a second season, and I'm like, really? Netflix, <laughs> so Netflix wasn't it? They tend to always give it a second, don't really tend to bail on anything. Yeah. Really early on. Um, but this one, give it a solid 6 out of 10, because it's well made, it looks fantastic. Okay. Again, because the guy's an art director, so he knows how to make things look really yes. nice. Yes. Well shot, nothing wrong with the actual direction itself. Structure story is lacking. That's something to maybe work on. Um, cast are all relatively okay. They are playing caricatures at times. You know, make a note as the damsel in distress, as you as your crazy mad scientist. Um, but there's nothing that sets it apart and makes it, you know, ultimately go up what he sets the film out. Like I'll never watch it again. Yeah. I'll I'll be hard pressed to recommend it to someone. Okay. Um, you know, if someone said, should I watch this film? And go, well, there are better things out yeah. there. Like, watch Ex Machina. Yeah. Watch Annihilation. Yeah. You know, even for, even watch Extinction. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, from the way you're talking, and if I was to recommend a movie to someone, I'd probably maybe go on more Extinction because it's a bit more light uh-huh. in terms of the sci fi genre. Yeah. You know, it's easier yeah. to consume. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all 6 out of 10, but yeah, if you, unless you're really in the mood for it, unless you're really looking for something to watch, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on to the next film, which this time not a Netflix release, but is a HBO. Okay. So it's Sky Atlantic in the UK. I think it's still available for download. If it is, people should look it out. Yes. It's called called Ron Williams Come Inside My Mind. Yeah, man. Directed by Marina Zenovich, who directed a Ron Polanski documentary called Wanted and it's designed or desired sorry okay um, also in a lot of the technical dirty documentaries oh nice nice so she me, and you, me and you are both big fans of those documentaries yes, yes. how to do a documentary I feel this is a without knowing anything about it apart from it's about Robin Williams I feel this is a it needs a uh, tissues tissues by your side to oh good god yes yeah. it is um, we'll get to that but yeah so basically oh, the plot no. of the film is it's, it's not a plot it's a huge plot essentially telling the life of 
Robert Williams from when he was born, family was in, all the way through to obviously in his, his TV, his stand up career, yes. comedy career, his TV career, his film career, obviously, then also back to stand up, and then ultimately his, his passing about you know, two years ago, I think it was, two, three years ago. Three years ago? Uh, this is really bad how we yeah, don't. A couple of years ago, but yeah, yeah. so his. Um, Ron Williams in it, obviously, Billy Crystal pops up in it, Steve Martin, Lewis Black, yeah. um, a lot of big actors, you know, Steve, um, I remember, he's, one of his kids turns up in it, a couple of his, one of his, like, one of his wives turns up in it, he, he's married three times, um, a lot of people in it, Zachary, he, 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 his kid Zachary turns up in it, um, so yeah, so, it's, it's just a very simple documentary telling a man's life, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's as simple as that, um, it is essentially talking heads, and, and seen archival footage of the guy, you know, yeah, yeah. sort of. Um, so he died in 2014. Um, so it's the talking head just talk about who he was and who, and who he is. But as it, the title suggests, come inside my mind. It's Robin's telling most of the story. Oh, cool. So it's using either interviews of him done during life, or somebody touched his movies, or just you know some of his stand-up routines. Yeah, yeah. to sort of explain who he was. So the narrator of the film essentially is, is him. Yeah, yeah. And then the talking heads of other of his friends bring a sort of context to who he was, like why he was like that. You know, if he was doing drugs at a certain point, why he was doing drugs. You know, if he felt if he was, if you thought he's so happy right now, why is he so happy? But he seems so sad. They would try and bring a little bit of context, you know, to that that as well, you know, and who the what's happening at the time in his life. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first half of it is just, it's, it's pretty standard. It's sort of the, the you know, he's born, he had a great time, you know, when he was like going through Hollywood and everything, you know, everyone loved him and his meteoric rise to fame and how he was just generally he was a really nice guy. The second half is all it's sort of the heartbreak. That's when you start to see the darkness sort of close in when it, you know, the, the drug stuff and, and uh, okay, okay. The breakdown of the family, like he's divorced and yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah, and it builds the conclusion that we all know is there, and you're you've seen it hop on towards you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. It's, it's a really brutally honest documentary. Yeah, insanely funny as well. Like straight after me and Joe had to watch when he stand up. Yeah, yeah. Remember how funny this fuck is. This guy's an insanely funny guy. I know. Like, I know. Like, and you watch him at times. Thing is, on that inside the actor's studio. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That thing? And someone, get, the guy just gives him one line and he goes off in this sort of like monologue soliloquy. Aye, aye. A big can. Well, let's say that, that came from nowhere. Yeah. That's just rattling that guy's brain. He just, and he just went with that. And that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And you can see how he inspired so many other people and so many other comedians, you know, actors and everything as well. And also, what I really like about it is. He's a good actor. Yeah. He's a, oh. genuine, he's a great yeah. actor. He'd done some clunkers, but. But see when he was see when he was firing and it was a great movie. It was it was phenomenal. Oh, like you know? like, like Flubber and stuff. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I, I will go back to Good Will Hunting. But you watch Good oh. Will Hunting and the scene he's telling you about how he met his wife. Yeah. Oh, it is simply what is one of my favourite scenes of cinema ever. Yeah. And the fact that like that is that is essentially a comedian, uh-huh. a, a person who plays more kind of funnier roles. Yeah. Playing a straight role, totally true, and yeah. then he, he crushes that scene. Oh, it's just, it is. It like, still brings me to tears when he's like talking about it, and then like, 
it's honestly, I, I'm the same as you. That whole entire movie is like perfect for yeah, me. Yeah, every time he's on screen, it's a bit like the Joker and Batman. Every time he's on screen, you're just so engaged with who he was. Yeah. Like, oh my god, that is just, he's brilliant. Because it's, it's not that far a stretch. The way he's playing that character, it's not a far stretch from the truth oh, no, of, like, I can't, of like, I can a life of a teacher who's maybe had good aspirations, his pals have went higher, but his life has dictated other things, and then eventually, like, he's kind of oh. comes all in the it's, it's a bit in that film when he says, what is it, um, like Matt Damon's film of, like, I know, and he thinks he's the most thing in the world, and he goes, and he tells about how his wife, like, was, she had problems, like, she, she was, like, part of bed and stuff like that, she had, she had done stupid things, yeah, yeah. and he goes, you're not perfect, the girl, you, this girl you seem to love is not perfect either, but the point is, argue perfect for each other mm. and it's just it's such a really beautiful segment and then like I said the story he's telling how he met his wife at the Red Sox rather it's like just, it's just honestly it's the best thing I've ever seen yeah. and I absolutely adore that scene yep. um, it is a this is a beautifully fitting tribute to a man I think we can all agree where when he left the world the world got darker I did like a genuinely funny funny man that was a tough one because it genuinely came out and over <laughs> you know Maybe people round in these kind of social circle or whatever maybe kind of started seeing some things, but for the general... They, they didn't. No. They knew he was something up, but they knew he was something up, but not enough. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's quite late on, and then basically it's um, Bobcat Goldthwait is telling the story of he goes, his mind was just telling him wrong things. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like his mind is telling him messed up stuff that caused him to go to this extreme. Uh-huh. And you hear like, um, Billy Crystal tell the story of the last time he spoke to him, Honestly, it's absolutely yeah. it's so destroying. It is on my to to watch. Unfortunately, it was just a bit late in the week to actually yeah. get round to watch it due to work commitments. But I, it's sitting on the box ready to go. Oh, so it's it's absolutely worth it. It's a beautiful tribute to the man. And I might have got this wrong. I might have got mixed up with like another act on another TV show. But did they talk about him getting the job as for Mark and Mindy? Yeah, they cover everything. Was it? Was that like I said? I might get this wrong. It might not open him, but I'm sure there was like a funny story attached to him getting the job and why he got the job. Essentially, he got the job because the producer of Happy Days' son had saw Star Wars, and the producer went, "Why do you not watch Happy Days anymore?" Yeah. He said, "Oh, because it hasn't got any aliens in it, any spacemen in it." Yeah, yeah. So they went to this cast of Happy Days and went right. The writer of Happy Days went right. We need an alien in this. We need something stupid. We need something. We need a spaceman in this film, in this TV show. And they went, who are we getting to play? And they went, there's, this, there's a random comedian who at this point was only doing like this, doing like this sort of comedy shows, like all the kind of, like the, the, the Comedy Factory and the Laugh Store and all the all these kind of uh, like fake like Hollywood like sort of comedy stores. Yeah, yeah. So they got, him on, they got him in for it. And because that worked really well, something else on that network got cancelled mm-hmm. and decided to make a spin-off show of the Mort character into Mort and Mindy. Yeah, yeah. But what's a really good story is that they changed the camera setup for for um, sitcom because of Ron Williams. Yeah. yeah. Because sitcoms until that point were three camera shoots. Yes. So actors had to hit their marks, and the cameramen were all union camera members, so they would they would not go chasing after a guy. They go like, if you don't hit your mark, fuck you. We've got the camera set up. You've got to be on that screen. If you're not on it, then it's your own fault. Yeah. yeah. This is had to employ a fourth guy whose only job was was to be the set with the camera, following him around at all times. He was always in the frame. And that's now all, all set on a shot like that. Now you have three cameras set up, but you have the one camera, the roving camera that will copy that will film everything. Yep. So it was only because of him doing that. It had to be his sort of like manic style of comedy and his sort of, you know, improv and improvisational style of doing it. They had to make it up. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's really, really interesting. Really, 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 really,
if you're a fan of man, I don't know who isn't a fan of man because I think even if you don't like some films, there's always something like and you will always make you laugh. Yeah, it's a great documentary, but it will absolutely destroy you. Like it fits it. Like it had me like really well enough. Yeah, this. yeah. Because um, like I said again, we said about a moment ago, he's a guy who generally brought true happiness to the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and so few actors can go. That, that's all that he wanted to make people happy. Yeah. And when he was on form, fuck, he did make people like laugh. Like we were watching the stand up like right after and there's bits that we were absolutely howling. We've seen this thing about ten times. Yeah, yeah. But it's still like somebody's it's, it's so so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so where were you watching these stand up? We just had a DVD. In oh, house, just a DVD, okay. In the house, okay. Yeah, and I've got a couple of the albums on um my Spotify thing. Yeah, yeah. That way. But yeah, fantastic film. Well worth a watch, but definitely don't watch it if you're in a tender state, it will absolutely it will break even further. Yeah, yeah. Um, I give it a solid eight out of ten. Wow. Nice, nice. And only it's not a 10 out of 10, there's a few things missing from it, which is only one wife is on it. Okay. So I'd like to hear from, maybe it's too, maybe it's too raw, maybe that's what Yeah, it yeah, of course. And also, only one of these kids is on it as well, and I thought, maybe I wonder why they also want it again, maybe too raw, but they're not on it. I know. And also, some of the talking heads, I'm thinking, why is it just other people you thought they would have got? You know, like Billy Connolly's not on it, and him and Billy Connolly were big friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, other guys you go, that's really weird, really, like, why they don't get Gus Zant, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, guys like who work with them. Yep. There's very few people from that ilk who are actually on it. Because I get the feeling when the camera's wearing rolling, for example, like in Goodwill Hunting, I get a feeling he was making people laugh. Oh shit, yeah, there's a bit, there's a, you see a scene, have you seen the film One on a Photo? Yes, yeah. Where he's a creepy, creepy fucker, he's like a real, evil, really weird bastard in that. But you see stuff literally before the show action, and he's just tracking this guy up. Like and it's like you can tell the editor's going like, like how the fuck do you do this really intense scene when he has got the entire cast howling. utterly howling, you know, yeah. like and it's like we're going to this really dark, dark scene and he that and you seem to that's what you get from him. He liked making people laugh and he enjoyed doing that and if he if he couldn't do that, that's what upset him. He, it was almost like if you you're not laughing then I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to make you laugh. And he also got a sense that, that was he knew that was his purpose and mm-hmm. it was to make people be happy, yeah, and he, he, and also he got an idea that as much as a private life, when he was away from people, when he was with people, he knew it was was his immediate family. He had to be on. He wasn't like sort of like shying away from it. He had to make people laugh. Cool. He get out all the way through it. Oh, that's fine. It's, 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 it's a beautiful documentary. Absolutely fantastic. Definitely worth a watch. And it's so cool the fact that he's he's doing it himself. He's right? the rate, yeah. He's the yeah. himself. Yeah. And the final monologue you hear from it. It's, it's him on stage yep. doing something and the monologue comes from that and oh my god it, it sums the man up to absolute perfection and where can people find us again it's on Sky Atlantic so okay. we're on Sky Downloads yep um, I'm not not going to get cinema release but have a look for it there okay definitely look for it cool. so 8 out of 10 for that and then we to I've talked a lot and I'm dying of thirst now so <laughs> yourself bye now we've the one film you've seen the cinema I haven't seen yet yes and this is a this is a wife's choice because for the last like, few weeks it's been pretty much my choice right. all, every time so it's one for her yes so it's um, Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation yes Janedy Tarboski Tarboski what's he done in the past have you looked he has done Dexter's Laboratory um, he's done an- Star Wars animations yeah, okay he's done the Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, so oh, he's, he's got some kudos. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. He's he's pretty much he's done the whole Transylvania uh, series. So he's his trilogy off. So uh, in the film you've got Adam Sandler back again. It, it seems to be all kids uh, TV shows that he's done. Okay, so he got he got he got a base in animation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, in the film you got Adam Sandler. Yes. Um, who else? Steve Buscemi. You have Steve Buscemi. You also have Adam Sandberg. Andy Sandberg, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Selena Gomez, which was a bit of a strange one for myself. Dawn, I think, isn't she? Kevin James is a. Adam Sandler's mate, so it's basically all Adam Sandler's pals. Okay, okay. You just have a strong dislike for Adam Sandler. I don't. I do dislike Adam Sandler. Yeah. I do. Jill likes Adam Sandler. I dislike Adam Sandler. I know he's made a lot of clunkers, but for some reason I seem to give him a pass with this series. I mean, I've, the series itself, I've not seen the third one. I, the series itself, I thought it was, the series itself was generally okay. Yes. Um, it does rely heavily on musical moments, okay. and I'd say this. Yeah, because what's the basic plot of the film? Basic plot is that. Um, it, it, it picks up from where the second one finishes. They're still running the hotel, but they're run into the ground now, and now they need a summer vacation. The daughter realises that her dad, Dracula, is stressed out his box. Okay. So she decides to book a holiday, and it's a cruise. Then it transpires that this cruise has been set up by someone that's been trying to kill Dracula since the dawn of time, pretty much. Healthy family. Yes. So... And on the cruise are all the monsters. Yes. Yeah. So the whole family and then all the bunch of other monsters are on this cruise ship and then they're going to different locations and all the while the captain who's the granddaughter of Van Helsing, uh, she's been put in charge to try and kill Dracula. That's right. the general basic plot. There's not, the storyline is very basic. There's yeah. not a lot going on on it. Um, it is a movie that relies heavily on musical moments and popular music the must have all through this franchise they must have paid a fortune for the for the rights for yeah. all these songs because they are like in the charts yeah. style music so but it is actually enjoyable for what it is it's enjoyable for what it is it's enjoyable it's, it's, it's not I'm assuming it's not breaking any new ground no 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 it's, it's very much if you've watched one and two and you even like them a, a ball here yeah you're gonna like the third one yeah no questions asked. Inoffensive? Yeah, really inoffensive. Yeah. Will I watch that again? Probably not, because Stacey had to remind me that I had seen the second one. Because <laughs> I was, because I seen. Is the she po- a fan of the series? She seems to enjoy it for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. For some reason it appeals stuff. You don't know why, but it appeals stuff. To be fair, like this one <laughs> on the cruise ship, uh, the people that are helping out the captain are uh, a little fish. Right, talking okay. fish, so they're wandering around with their little jackets and all that on, and they're doing things for the for people. For some reason, I seem to connect with the fish. For some reason, okay. I have no <laughs> idea why. She and even after the film, Stacey was like, "Why, why do you find them so funny?" And I was like, "I have no idea. Maybe because they've got like feet, uh-huh. and they're talking like up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's essentially if you turn the fish vertical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like walking, on its, it's walking on its flipper yeah, yeah. on its tail. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know why, but for some reason, I just. <laughs> it got me every time. No idea why. Uh, yeah, really inoffensive. It's totally just. It is that. It's not a Pixar where. Oh no, I got the first two. Where there's elements that are for adults. Yeah. This is strictly for kids. You're talking young kids. Or you think maybe like sort of like sort of slightly old, older, maybe like nine, ten, eleven, something. Like that. Early primary school onwards. Right, okay. But I think. Younger kids could easily watch it yeah. and just be like, "Oh, that's you know, what's going on?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's like one adult joke in it, and I can't even remember now. I remember giggling it a bit. Um, yeah, really inoffensive. Just it, it's one of those things you watch it and then just don't care. A good sort of like summer holiday. Totally. That's like, what for. Uh, like I said to you, 
it was on all day and the last show was 20 past six at my local cinema so that that says it all really yeah. you know i don't know if they were maybe have that on all day for the kids and then put another film in that screening yeah and go that way but yeah yeah it's like the music in it it does help it along because there's when you look back and take out all the kind of musical moments or the bits that have music in them, you realise there's not a lot there. No, so, but the other two movies also did the same. Yeah. So I feel my best is like it's just a cheeky way of stretching. A, I mean, what's the runtime? Is not about less than ninety minutes, roughly. I, I think it's ninety minutes on the bottom. Yeah, sure. I think it's not long. If you strip half the music or half the music moments, you're talking like about a seven-minute film, basically, or a five-minute film. Yeah, it could almost be like a kind of episode. Yeah. If you took all the musical elements out of it. Uh, it's big thing. The big thing that it seems to do is all the movies seem to end in a kind of dance number, like a yeah, kind of yeah, dance yeah, off yeah, style. Yeah, yeah. That's like a kind of vibe. Um, yeah, like totally worth going seeing it. It is genuinely just a bit of fun. Is it worth going to see if you're, if you're an adult, or is it worth going to see if you're kids, or is it more of a home television watch? Home television watch. Yeah. Unless you've got a cinema card, not worth um, it. It's, I wouldn't part with money. Like yeah, I said, this would cost you like ten quid a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is purely because this was a this was a Stacey pick, and also we've been to cinema a few times in the last week, and it's been all like films that I've wanted to see. Yeah. So, yeah. It, unfortunately, there's not a, really a lot to talk about apart from the very basic plot yeah. and the and the music, and then that's about it. <laughs> weirdly, sorry, weirdly the um, the Van Helsing granddaughter in it. Aye. She looks a lot like Katy Perry when Katy Perry had short hair, but it's not Katy Perry yeah. that does the voice, <laughs> and it pure jarred me because there is moments in it when you're watching it and you're like, that really sounds like Katy Perry. Then when I came back out and I googled it, and I was like, that's not Katy Perry. But just Google an image of Katy Perry when she had short hair, and you'll that's pretty much what you're getting. Google your, check your Google for Katy Perry images, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a seven. It's totally solid. It's it's not breaking new ground. It's not doing anything the way Pixar does it. It's almost branching off its own itself. It's got its own animation style as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely very you know? simple animation. Yeah. yeah, but if you like the series, you're gonna love it. Uh-huh. Kids will love it. You know, for the most part, they were really quiet in the cinema. Yeah. So, aye, right, so that's, that's, that's a good point. I said with the kids watching, enjoying it. Yes. So. You know, can't be a bad thing. So no, because I'm watching enjoy it, and that's definitely a good half a job there. Yeah, like I said, unfortunately, outside the very basic premise, there's not a lot to talk about. It's still just standard affair from the previous movies, so there's nothing new here. So that's it. Yeah. Fair enough. Apart from uh, the end of the cruise ship ends up going to the lost city of Atlantis, <laughs> and they've pretty much made the lost city of Atlantis as a kind of Vegas style. Oh, okay, okay, so yeah. that was a kind of cool twist on it. It wasn't yeah. just like a kind of ruin. They've kind of oh. done something with it. So that was kind of visually quite cool. Awesome. You know, awesome. yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. So seven out of ten for that one. And the last film this week is one that I saw at midnight last night. So I'm kind of wow. right now. Yeah. Wow. I'm tired. He um, is keen. I am keen. I'm keen to see this film called Ant-Man the Wasp. Okay. Um, directed by Peyton Reed, who directed the first Ant-Man, also Bring It On. Yes. And Down With Love. Um, the plot of this film is Ant-Man, from the first Ant-Man film, is under house arrest. He can't do anything because he's been bad. Um, but Hank Pym, who is a creator of the Ant-Man suit, and his daughter are attempting to go into the quantum realm in order to rescue um, Mrs. Pym, who, or Janet Van Dyne, I think her name is, if I remember rightly, yeah. They try to go and rescue her. Um, at the same time, you people try to get the technology they're using to do that. Awesome. Okay. Okay. 
Um, starring Paul Rudd as Ant-Man, Evangeline Lilly is playing the horse. Michael Pena is playing Paul Rudd's best friend who stole the last film. Michael Douglas is in the film as well, playing Hank Pym. Larry Fishbone turns up as well. Yeah, yeah. And also Michelle Pfeiffer is in there as well. Cool. Um, strong cast. Strong cast, all good cast. Um, it's a much lighter touch than Black Panther and Infinity War, which I was happy with. Okay. Because Black Panther, great film as it is, it's not good for the jokes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a heavy watch. You know, and it feels, you feel like there's a weight of expectation and sort of like something big behind it. Yep, yep. Um, Infinity War, there's, there's barely a fucking chuckle in Infinity War. You know, it's a, it's kind of a bleak at times. Have you seen Infinity War now yet? I have not yet. Not, anyway, We're so far behind in the Avengers series. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in that where it's like, this is not just a laugh a minute kind of like the typical Avengers movie, so you're you know, not struggling with it. But again, that film built on history of the, of the, of the franchise and they're trying to make something huge and epic. This film, they kind of, they kind of lose a lot of that. They kind of go, let's just, let's just make a fun yeah. adventure romp. Kind of off the same kind of ilk as like Deadpool. They've got their serious films, but then they've also got their kind of like fun films. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Paul Rudd is again insanely charming. Like he is probably one of the most charming actors in cinema. You know, he really does have a real personality. Um, doesn't age either. Apparently, he's, he's in the same age as like Clovis, which was thirty years ago. Drinking out the same fountain as Tom Hanks, possibly. But Tom Hanks has aged at least. Has, uh, Rudd has not aged at all. There's a <laughs> portrait in a gap in an attic somewhere, getting very old and looking fucking hideous because of this. Um, <laughs> Evangeline Lilly playing the Wasp, also badass. She's, mm-hmm. she's a really cool actress. Um, very funny at times. Moves really quickly. Doesn't really settle for very long. He keeps the plot moving along at full pace. Um, only kind of downside, I say, the villains are underdeveloped compared to the first one. And the first one wasn't developed that much. Uh-huh. This one's even less so. You feel like a bit of a kind of go, kind of pick a villain at times. Yeah. But not. That's a bit of a downer. Um, and a couple of other characters in the film are underused. Like Michael Pena, who pretty much stole the first film. It's really underused until we get to the final half hour. It's oh. a shame because he's a really good actor and he really does do this film really well. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, who I love, is only in the film for what, 10 minutes? If that, you know, she's barely in the film. Uh, really it's shame. almost just like, here's a big actress. What she does in the film is excellent. Yes. And what she does in the film, it makes sense, but I feel like she's given her more to do. Yeah. yeah. But they do do that weird de aging thing to do them, and seen that stuff, which looks amazing. Really, yeah. Like they make Michelle Pfeiffer look like Michelle Pfeiffer from Fabulous Baker Boys. Which oh. is like, holy shit, that is like, like young, hot, hotter looking male type of right now, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, I would say it's like it's on a par with the original. Okay. Not a better from the original, but definitely on a par. And we saw it at midnight, cinema was laughing, everyone was loving it, everyone was enjoying it. But it is disposable. Okay. You know, once you watch yeah. it, you're like, yeah, I don't want to see it again, I'll probably watch it again in a couple of years' time. I'll buy the DVD, I'll buy the Blu-ray and I'll, and I'll watch it. I won't, I won't resent watching it again. Yes. But I'm not rushing to go see it the cinema again. Yes. Yeah, some Marvel films. But yeah, definitely really fun, really, well, it's a really good summertime romp in a film, you know, that's something missing. There's really, there's no big darkness in it, unusually, they're not trying to make it overly dark for dark sake, you know. Aye, they're keeping it light, a bit of fun. Absolutely. I think, I think they've also kind of realised as well, from Deadpool, that's what people like as well. They don't mind their serious roles, but also they like to have a wee chuckle as well, you know. Totally, totally. Um, so if you get a chance to watch it, it is a solid, solid day of a 10 for me. Nice. I really liked it. Um, I will watch it again on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. I'll watch it again. 
Uh, be a lot of fun. And that is pretty much it for this week. I know it's short and sweet. Yeah, sweet, this week. Uh, sweet. Next week out, I don't know what we're doing next week, it might be a different stuff from next week, but out in cinema next week is Teen Titans for the movies. Uh-huh. I've heard good things. Have you? Oh, Very no. good things. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, and also a film called The Escape, which is a film about a couple going through basically seeing their relationship breaking down and going to the ending. So I want to see it, but I'm I don't really want to take Jill to get it asked to get start asking questions of each other, you know. Suddenly night shields off the cards. Ah, like, yeah, One of these is going to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so maybe want to watch it at home by myself. But that's yeah. out as well. Um, it has got a good cast in it, but yeah. Um, but that's it, so bad you to be able to find us. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find us on all the social media platforms at three beers in a movie. And also uh, the email address is three beers in a three beers and a movie at gmail.com. Um, so I've been Richard, you've been Abby, you've listened to Three Beers in a Movie.